Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. Hello, and welcome back to the Sarah Centrella Show. I am your host, Sarah Centrella, and today's show was so impactful that I wanted to jump on and do a little bit of an intro or uh, a pre-discussion to give you a little bit of taste and sense about what we're gonna get into in the discussion today, but you'll hear just how much my guest today impacted me. You know, sometimes you have those conversations where it's exactly what you need to hear in the moment you need to hear it. And that's one of the things I absolutely love about doing this show, but also, connecting with like-minded people and to have the opportunity to speak to and now you know become friends with the caliber of coach that I have on the show today, the caliber of leader that I have on the show today is uh, just really incredible. So first and foremost, I want to introduce you to my guest. Uh, today on the show, I have Rudy Reskins. He is a leader of all leaders. He is a top five coach. Uh, named by Thrive Global alongside Tony Robbins. Uh, he's also one of the top 20 thought leaders. Uh, and that list included Deepak Chopra, Lisa Nichols, Joe Dispenza, the list goes on and on. And he has been working with entrepreneurs and companies around the globe, helping them create practices that are mindful and helping them up level. And we're going to get into all that stuff today. But what I wanted to jump on and, and say really quickly beforehand, this episode is coming out just a few days before the new year. It's coming out on uh, December 28th, I believe today is. Uh, and I, I timed it because my word for 2024 is easy. And Rudy is, we go into a discussion on why that is, is so important. Um, and so to get that breakthrough for me, this discussion really opened that up and highlighted the fact that hard was a word I used way too often. And so I want to put this episode out in the last couple of days of 2023 because I want to leave the word hard behind. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. Um, and I'm really going to practice getting it out of my vocabulary completely in 2024. So what better time to uh, release this episode than now and stay tuned towards the end of it because Rudy gives the most powerful uh, practice that you can do to truly manifest the life that you want. I've been doing it ever since this discussion and I can't wait to share it with you. So with that said, let's jump right on in. Oh my gosh, so thrilled to have you on the show. Rudy, welcome to the show. We have had just like the best connection uh, over the last probably only three weeks since we've known each other, but gosh, welcome in. I'm so excited for my audience to get to know you. You know, I wanted to tell your audience, firstly, thank you so much for having me. And I want to share with your audience before we hit record, I saw your face come up on my screen and I said, oh my gosh, Sarah, in such a short amount of time, you've become one of my favorite, favorite people. And it's that really, was literally I, genuine, your quote. <laughs> I genuinely, genuinely, genuinely mean that. Uh, I just love you. I love your energy. I love how you show up out in the world. I love how you are teaching people to live and to lead life. And, and the minute I met you, I was like, soul sister. 
So much so that I even got my wife to connect with you because I was like, man, you guys have to know each other. Oh my gosh. And so funny. That's exactly what you said when you got on. And I've actually been super sick this whole week. And today is the first day that I'm feeling a little bit better. All week long, I was like, I got to get well for Friday. I got to get well for Friday because I'm talking to Rudy on Friday. And I was like, looking forward to this as the highlight of my week, because you are also one of those people who just bring this incredible, beautiful energy. And I know the audience can, can read it and feel it off of you already. And they have already met your incredible wife who you're so right. You, uh, after we were finished with our, our last episode and you were kind enough at the end to say, Hey, what is it that you need? Is there anything that I can help you with? Which I just, I just loved. And I never ask for anything ever, ever, ever. I feel very, um, you know, that independent, strong woman, I, I don't need anything. And, and in that moment I was like, you know what? I would love to continue this conversation and you were so kind and generous and, and we had a call after and after that you you uh, sent me a message and you're like, you're going to love my wife and you were so right. I mean, the two of you together are kind of magic. You're well, thank awesome. you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. I wake up every single day and the first thought that runs to my mind is thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. Because I get to spend my life with her. I'm very grateful. Oh, I cannot wait for you to share the story of how the two of you met, how you manifested each other, because you were just giving me a little sneak peek of that before we hit record. And I was like, can we please share that? Because it's it's going to give everybody so much hope when it comes to manifesting love. But before we do that, on this show, I love to give some background. I love to tell a little bit about your background story and for you to to share kind of how you got into what you're doing now and right now you're speaking all over the country and, you know, you work with corporate teams and, and share the light. And you're one of the top leadership coaches in the nation. Um, but there was a before, right? So tell us a little bit about your journey to get where you're at today. You know, I think that there's so much value in looking at who we were, because I believe that who we were is preparing us for who we get to become. And so every time I'm on a podcast and someone says, tell me, like, how did you get here? Or what was your story? Or share, bring us in a little bit. I love to ground that when I share my story, I want your audience to look at their story and not be so fixated on mine. And I want it to be more about, man, you know what? I had that breakup and what did I learn? And, and, and how did that add to where I'm going? Or that job or that boss that didn't love me or like me or treat me well. All of those moments are perfectly preparing us for who it is that we get to become. And we're coming here to do something so big and so bold and so profound, but we have to have that level of awareness of who were we as we are being qualified for who we get to become. And so I was so beautifully qualified to be a, a, a little boy that felt broken, who felt lost, who felt unhappy, unworthy. I showed up at school on my first day and it was a very military styled school. Everybody was in gray uniforms and blazers. And it was a stark contrast from my lovely, joyful life up until then. And the teachers were just mean and they would whip us and cane us. And if your hair was too long, they would just take a pair of scissors and cut your hair off. And, and it was just a very brutal way of communicating. And it wasn't always like that. It was just the undertone. If you didn't do your homework, you know, you were hit with rulers on the knuckles or you were caned. I have a memory of being called stupid in the very beginning of my school career and being labeled stupid. And the teacher saying, 
oh, you were you you must be related to Carl, your brother. And I'm like, yes, yes, that's my brother. And then she's like, well, if you're anything like him, you're going to spend the whole year in the dunce's chair because you're probably just as stupid as he is, like that kind of talk. Wow. And so I remember thinking, oh, I didn't know I was stupid. And then I started feeling stupid. And then I started acting stupid. And so I became a stupid boy. I say that because, you know, a stupid person, how a stupid person behaves is by trying to be something that they're not. They try to be loud. They try to be the clown. They try to be funny because they don't believe that they have any worthiness or any value in them. And so that's who I was. I just grew up being somebody who was always trying to be what I thought people wanted me to be versus being who I was. And added to that, I didn't come from a tremendous amount of money. We came from, you know, middle-class family. We never went without anything, but we never had enough. And I, you know, we had to start work at eight years old, delivering newspapers so I could buy the shoes that I wanted to wear to school versus the ones that I was being given as hand-me-down shoes. And then I worked in a butchery and a bakery and then a liquor store and then eventually restaurants and then waited and attended bar. And so I was just always working, didn't have school holidays, vacations, weekends, and started working in the evenings after school just so that I could buy the things that I wanted or the things that I needed. And I was taught that if there was any forward movement in my life, it was going to be through extreme hard work and that it was up to me and that nobody was going to give me anything and that I had to do it myself. And so when you said right in the beginning of this podcast episode, you know, yeah, my lone wolf behavior of I've got to do it. I just started chuckling inside because I was like, man, I just know what it felt like to live that way. And I had a tremendous amount of pain in my childhood. But if you asked me, what was your childhood like? I would have turned around and said to you, I had the most beautiful childhood because we don't look yeah. at the micro little traumas that we all pick up, you know, from abuse or bullying or teachers or not feeling worthy or not wanting to study and not even trying to study because it's easier to fail if you didn't try than it is to try and fail. And so I just didn't try ever. But eventually one day I took that drive and determination to make something of myself because I believed if I was successful, I believed if I had money, I believed if I had the best shoes or the best clothes, that finally I would be enough and that people would think I was enough. And if people thought I was enough, they would maybe respect me. And so my goal was to become very successful at a very young age. I had actually set the goal when I was a teenager that I was going to be a millionaire by 25. And that was what I was chasing because I wanted self-worth. And the thing is, I achieved it in my 25th year. And speak it into existence even before you knew that's what you're doing, right? You know, it's, it, I, I could talk to you all day long about that because I have so much evidence of it. But I did, you know, I was 26 years old when my brother wrote me a, a birthday card and he said, I'm so proud of you. You finally hit your goal. And that was when I realized, oh my God, I did. In that year, I had become wow. a millionaire and I was like, I, I hit my goal. But the, the, the value is not that I had hit that target. The value is that that was the time I realized I still felt like that six-year-old boy that went to school and was called not enough and stupid and labeled and, and, and had a dunce's hat put on his head. And so that was when my journey really began of when I started saying, man, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel not good enough? Why, even though I have three companies and I, I have the sports car in the house and all these things, why do I still feel so deeply unfulfilled? And that's where the beauty and the value comes from. So now I want to answer your question. You know, today I go into organizations and I inspire and motivate and move entire teams, 3,000 people, 2,000 people, 100 people. I can go in and bring, you know, 
real value and meaning into every moment because had I not had all of those painful experiences of my childhood, had I not had the life that I had, I would not be able to do what it is that I'm doing today. I am so beautifully and uniquely qualified because I know how so many people that I work with, how they feel or what they've gone through, what their experiences are. But now I also know how to shift them out of it because at one point in time, at 26 years old, I had to start taking accountability for my life and moving my way forward. I know there was a long, long answer, but I just wanted to, through that story, give people the hope that, hang on, if you've gone through something, where's the value in that? Because there's the beauty. If you can take the value add to every experience, you now have something to teach because you have hindsight. You have uh, just tremendous value to add to shorten somebody else's pain from going through something, oh, you know, something without, similar. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think it is absolutely what makes you an incredible coach. You know, if I look at my life, I feel like a cat who's lived nine or 20 lives. There's been so many versions and iterations of my life. Um, a lot of them marked by hardship and adversity and things like that. But it also puts me in the position that I can no joke speak to anyone, multimillionaires, just, you know, someone starting from the bottom. And I can relate in a way that was like, I've been there, I've been there, and this is what we do to get out of it. And I think there's just, there's so much value and there's so much value in embracing your story for yourself too. I mean, the incredible thing is that it ultimately winds up really being a vehicle to inspire other people as yours and you know, hopefully mine has as well, but I learned the most through my own story and through my own growth, you know, like that's how I know something works. If I'm doing it and I get a result then I'm like, okay, well, maybe if I did that, then someone else can, you know? So I just think like, that's so beautiful. And not a lot of people can see their own story in that same way. Do you remember at what point you were able to kind of look at all that and, and start to craft it through the lens of totally embracing it. I have always been a profoundly spiritual person. So from a very young age, you know, my mom would talk to me about karma. She would talk to me about, you know, the potential of believing in past lives. And, and I'm not advocating for any of it. I'm just speaking into my truth. And, and so growing up, I just questioned the meaning of life. Everything had to have value. And around about 26 years old was when I really started to go through my deep journey. So I'd already been devouring books on religion and on spiritualism and on self-development and self-help. And I was just a curious person. But it was at that time when I realized money wasn't fulfilling me, the cars and the houses and the things that I thought would make me feel like people should respect me I was still walking into the room like the scared little boy trying to pretend to be what everybody wanted him to be. And that's when I sat down and I started saying, you know, there has to be some value to, to everything. There has to be meaning behind what I'm going through. And when I started making my life not about me was when I started to really create the biggest shifts and changes. And so I never wanted to be a coach. I'm a coach today because that's what we call the work that we do. But I didn't ever aspire to be a coach. I wanted to be somebody who created a profound impact in the world. I wanted to be on stage and motivate and move people. And Tony Robbins was somebody that I aspired to be when I was 16, 17 years old. And um, I never believed that I would be the kind of guy that would get on the phone and help somebody move through a trauma. But what I noticed was that 
I would be called into conversations in work, in life, in relationship where I was coaching people, I was supporting people. And then I would share with them my vulnerabilities of, you know, here's what I experienced, here's how I did it. And then I would watch their lives change. I would watch them transform. And I believe that there is a higher power that's controlling all experience and that everything is so beautifully and divinely orchestrated. I also was in business from a very young age where I would be brought into big companies to lead and grow and develop their sales teams. And so I've been developing sales teams for over 25 years, 26 years now. And going into an organization and supporting them to grow and develop their sales teams, what you don't realize is a lot of that is helping people overcome their traumas, helping people overcome their pain, helping people connect to a meaning that's bigger than them. And that's where I really found the value in taking what was my pain and using it as a teaching tool. And then when somebody else heals from it, I got the greatest gift because I got fulfillment and I got reward and I got joy and no amount of money could give me any of those things. And that's really what I I think was the greatest value of having gone through all of that. I love that. And there's so much similar to, and and your wife shared, you know, kind of her story of um, how she began to coach as well. And, and it's very similar, you know, I never wanted to be a coach that was not on my plan. I was going to be a corporate executive. I had that all, you know, planned out and people just kind of started resonated, resonating with me sharing my story. And at that time I was doing it on my blog, but, um, they were coming to me and saying like, Hey, I saw where you were last year and you're in a different spot this year. Like, what are you doing? It's obviously working. What is that? And so just kind of sharing my own experience and my own journey and, and being self-aware enough, I think to analyze what it is that I was doing. And then if I would share that and someone would get a result and get change, all of a sudden I was like, what is this high all about? Like I had never experienced anything that felt as incredible as it feels to watch someone get a new result for the very first time. Um, and that's kind of, you know, it just kept calling me and calling me until I couldn't shut it up anymore. And I was like, all right. Um, but you know, the thing that I love so much about you and, and you and I, you were so generous in that, um, we were able to jump on the phone for probably 30 minutes or something after, um, I was on your podcast and your, your energy and your ability to read other people you know, has got to be one of your superpowers, I would say. Um, and in three minutes, maybe five, you called me out that fast on a block that I, I, you know, it's one of those things like you kind of know it's there. Um, and you think you're working on it and then someone else points it out and you're like, Oh my God, duh. You know, like this, whether it's something that you're saying or you're, you know, putting it out there, you're like, that is why. And, and, that I just, I want to give you credit for that because that was so powerful for me. It was exactly what I needed to hear. And it was all in relation to the words that we say and how we get outcomes. And I literally teach this. I know this. I'm not novice to this. It is step three in my first book. Okay. Like this is stuff I've been teaching for freaking 12 years, but it had still slipped through the cracks. And it's one Let's little me- word that I was saying, you know, and I teach so much on how not to have the word hard in your vocabulary. And you called me out in five minutes. You're like, you said hard four times in five minutes. And I was like, what? Yes, I want to give you some grace there because it, you see in everybody's journey, they are emotionally connected to their journey. And when you're emotionally connected to your journey, you're being influenced by your emotions. 
thoughts produce feelings, thoughts and feelings drive all human behavior. That's truly the secret formula for life. If you want to change anything, you don't change the behavior, you change either the thought or the feeling. And when we're living life, I'm too close to my life for me to have a vantage point of my life. I need my wife to be my sounding board. I need somebody else to be. And so it's natural that somebody else can come in and see. I do have a very unique gift. And that is that every time I meet someone, I can see their highest and their greatest potential. And it's like when I meet someone, I feel who they came here to be. And so when they're acting a certain way and they're, and I use the word acting because I think that we're all in a, in a character or putting on a play and we're doing the best that we can. And we've done it for so long that that feels normal. That when I see someone in a certain behavior, it's such a stark contrast from what I experience emotionally, energetically from them. And so the behavior is so different. And that's why I can so quickly in minutes discern and say, whoa, 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 whoa. You know, like the feeling I'm getting from you, I first felt the feeling of hard or tough or molasses. And then I look for the words and then you use the word hard, you know, four or five times in a few minutes. And that's where I can call it out so quickly and say, you know, my experience is that, you know, you're saying things have to be hard. What if it could be really easy? And and that's the difference. And that needs somebody from the outside looking in. A hundred percent. And the crazy thing is um, that particular word and energy around it is something that I've been aware of and consciously working on at nauseam for probably four years, which is the craziest part about it, right? Like I've done like so much subconscious work um, and conscious work, but, you know, like your story in the very beginning where you were talking about, you know, having all these jobs and just hustling and, and having it bred into you that success is hard or even survival is hard. It 100%, I mean, we were homeless till I was nine years old. Just, you know, I taught myself how to read at 13. We were dumpster diving for food. Like that was what I knew. And then I saw my dad, no joke, working 24 hours a day, practically, you know, working 18 hours a day, seven days a week. And none of it was, it was barely getting us to a survival point. Right. So that embed was, has been so deep that I've been working on a conscious level for such a long time to eradicated, I guess I would say. Um, but I could still feel it. Right. And I was, I think blown away at the fact that like, what the fuck it's still here. <laughs> number one, but number two, like how there was something about that conversation that let me release it. Like, I can't even explain it. I have not felt that energy since I have not like, and this whole year was that energy for me. I'll be really honest. This year was one of the toughest years that personally I've had in over a decade. It just tried me at every single point. And so that energy was getting re-embedded, I feel like. And there was something just really powerful about your energy. And I think it was a combination because I do feel like you read me correctly and saw that there was this very obvious conflict for, you know, there was misalignment, right? Um, and I just want to really thank you because I, I got off that call. I did this amazing meditation, release meditation. And I, I just, I feel like a balloon, like I just needed it to pop. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's something that you come across often, um, or even if you're aware of kind of that impact, but do you have any suggestions for someone who 
you know, is maybe going through a really, really difficult year and is also feeling that energy, how they can have a moment like I had where it was like, oh, there it goes. I can release it. I love this so much. And I want to tell you, I I am on so many podcasts and no one is going where you're going and it's where I want to go. And so we're talking about, we're talking about, (laughs) we're talking about people's uh, wants, needs, desires. And we're also talking about people's superpowers. So I have a number of superpowers and we all do, but we have to have awareness to the things that come really easy to us so that we can leverage those so we can create a greater impact. One of my strengths is that I can see people for who they are. I mentioned that. My second power, truly a superpower, is that I have an energy that holds a space and it doesn't matter if the space is for one person or if the space is for thousands of people in a room or tens of thousands of people listening to a podcast episode, but my energy holds the space for healing. It gives people permission to forgive themselves, permission to heal, permission to move forward and to move on. So that when I'm sharing something, it's received in a very different way. If somebody says to you, well, you know, you just said the word hard four times and it, the energy is different, you're going to hear it as an accusation. You're going to hear it as somebody labeling you and you're going to be frustrated. But if the energy is curated in kindness, with love, with compassion, and it's serving the highest and the greatest potential of the person that you're speaking with, and your energy matches your words and your words are, you know, you're saying it's hard. You've said the word hard four times in five minutes. What if it's easy? And it lands at a different level because the energy that's coming off the person is matching the outcome that you're wanting to create. So let's really talk about it. I go into organizations, big and small, and I work mostly in business, not for any other reason than I love business. I just love, I have a business mind, but more people spend more time at work than they are anywhere else. So that's why I work in companies. But I love that I can go into an organization with 3,000 people and spend an hour there and impact 3,000 people and irrevocably change the quality of their life. And the way that I do this is I teach a process called priming. I have a program on my website if people want to buy it, but I have a technique of how do you curate how you want to live? How do you want to feel? What do you want to have? Who do you want to be? And what most people don't understand is that when they wake up every single day, the very first 20 minutes of the day sets their dominant vibrational state. What that means is you have a mental body where you have thoughts. You have a physical body, which is what we can see, feel, and touch. And then we have an energetic body. And that energetic body is the energy that permeates out of your skin. And it's roughly four to 15 feet past you in all directions. That energetic body is being updated based on the thoughts and the feelings. Now, let's simplify this. You wake up and you have a thought. Oh, I've got to do that email today. I've got to respond to that that person I can't stand and I'm going to fight that thing. And then you have that thought of I'm going to fight or I can't stand or I'm frustrated or I'm resentful. So the brain has to take take that information and now it has to interpret that information and then tell the body what to do with it. It does that through a process of producing chemicals to match a reactionary state. So it's chemically altering the body to match the information that the brain was processing. And that's called emotion. And emotion is not what's happening now. Emotion is a representation of the past. Oh, I'm thinking about that there. Then the body later updates now. But we react to emotion as if emotion is real and as if we are the emotion. What we don't know is that in the first 20 minutes, the brain is trying to remember who were we? How did we feel? 
And so it's remembering the past. So that's why yesterday looks like today and it'll look like tomorrow because we continue to wake up and feel the same. But if we change how we feel, we change everything about our day, our life, because we're changing either the thoughts or we're changing the emotion. So it's going to update the thought, the feeling, and the energy. Yeah. And then- okay. Okay. So two things really, really quick. I am a very energetic person as well. I mean, this is something I've probably the last five or six years noticed about myself. It's not something I've, I've always necessarily known or been aware of. Um, but I can receive like a Reiki, you know, over a zoom and it will, my, my full body will move. Like I will get all these, I will literally like get cramps in my lower body, my lower chakra, right. Where I can kind of feel it cleansing or feel it working. No lie. I've been having those exact sensations (laughs) for the last five or six minutes on this call. Like as you were even talking through this stuff about my, you know, reaction to heart or letting go or whatever, I can feel it in my chakras. I can feel my chakras going like, okay, there's one last little bit. Here it goes, here it goes, here it goes. And so I just want to like, wow, it's crazy. Um, But to go back to what you were just saying, that's really mind blowing on so many levels because we all know about morning routines, right? We know we're supposed to be doing X, Y, Z, get up, like, you know, run out the door, do all your stuff. But this is different right? This is setting the tone and the energy for your day. How do we do that? Like what is one or two things that the listeners can do tomorrow that I personally am going to start doing tomorrow to, to set that energy right every morning? I'm going to give you the entire recipe. This is why I love you. (laughs) But before, before we do that, before we do that, I have to preface, 98% of the people hearing this aren't going to do it. Of course. Yep. Their listeners are going in and out, right? In one ear, out the other, no application. <clears throat> but for the five people who are listening who are going to apply this, let's go. So my my function now is to get everybody to do it. And here's how we get 100% of the people listening to take 100% of the information and apply it into their life. And people are only ever going to do anything if they know what's in it for them. And so if you hear something and it sounds great, your first thought is, well, they were doing it, so we know it's possible, but we don't think it's possible for us. Right. But if we know that what they're doing is possible and we believe that it's possible for us as well, and we can assign a future forecasted emotion to what would that end result be, and you believe that you would get that outcome, you would do anything. So- If I were to say to your listeners right now, I'm being really generous today. And if you do these 365 things, I will give every single listener that proves that they did these 365 things, I will give them a million dollars cash. Well, all of a sudden, 100% of the listeners are going to do it because they want the million dollars at the end of the story. But what I'm getting at is I'm going to give you 365 things to do. And the 365 correlates with you have to do it every, every single day. And then at the end of the year, if you were to do this, you don't need a million dollars. You can create anything in your life because you can have it all. When we wake up in the morning, the brain's remembering all the memories, all the triggers, all of the past, all of the things that have ever happened to us. And it's producing all of the feelings of how we were before. And so the brain now knows how we want to respond. I'm going to do this really quickly because I want to support your audience. And I also want to. So Rudy, real quick, I want to 
I want to pause. Everyone listening? Yes, dead air. Get it? Okay. This is your challenge. This, if you listen to a hundred podcasts, they go in, they go out. This is your challenge. Do something. Apply what you are learning. All right, Rudy, what are we applying? First thing I want to say is, you know, you're worth it. If you do this work, I promise you, you're worth it. The life that you want to live, man, it's waiting for you. And I have yet to meet a single person that isn't worthy of living the highest and the greatest potential of their life, that hasn't come here to do something beautiful and profound, that doesn't deserve to have abundance in money and love and health and well-being and time, and that we get to expand in the entirety of our life in every area, not just money or just love. We can't say, well, I have a lot of money, but I don't have love, or I have love, so I don't need money. No, we can have it all. We're abundant, beautiful beings. And if you do what I am going to share with you now, I promise you, this will change your life. So the human brain is living in a formula and your formula for how you react to life was created under the age of seven. All information that you received under the age of seven, your brain didn't have the ability to process a rational or logical thought. It just took it all in as a fact. And then the brain says, this happened and we reacted this way. So now it says that's how we respond to every situation. So at six years old, I was called stupid. I was labeled a dunce. And so I felt stupid. I had the chemical dump of the emotion into my body of feeling stupid. And so I just behaved stupid. So anytime something came up in my future, I just did it as somebody who's unworthy or not good enough, and it's never going to happen for me. And so that became my default pattern until I broke the pattern. So what you need to do is ask yourself, why do you show up the way you do? Why do you say the things you do? And we don't have to go back to your past to fix it or change it. We don't have to go back and do all the cleansing and all the healing work in releasing who we were. We just have to pick a different way of being. And here's what you do. In the very first 20 minutes of your day, your brain is open to the most change. It is the most susceptible to change. So you can influence your brain in the very first 20 minutes your brain will then take a snapshot, kind of like putting a pin in the emotion that you're feeling in the first 20 minutes. And that is how you will feel the rest of your day. You can have a high and you can have a low, but you will come back to how you were feeling in the first 20 minutes of your day. And so if you wake up for the first 20 minutes, I'm not Hal Elrod telling you what your morning routine should be. I'm not doing the you know, Robin Schwammer, 5 a.m. club. I'm telling you, wake up whatever time you want. But when you wake up, you need to curate the first 20 minutes of your day. I am going to tell you that when you wake up, do not speak to your partner. You don't speak to your kids, your dogs, anybody. You go somewhere that is private in your home where you will not be interrupted. Sit on a couch and breathe in and breathe out. You want to drink water so you can hydrate your brain because your brain dehydrates in the middle of the night. So I drink about 18 to 32 ounces of water when I wake up. I then sit on a couch and I do deep breath work so I can oxygenate my blood. So now my brain is working and it's got everything it needs to function. And then I release all negative emotions. So I breathe in clear, bright white light and I feel my body and my mind getting calm. And then I breathe out. I imagine black light leaving through the center of my heart, just leaving my body as if it's just dissipating out of my body. And then I take in clear light from above and then I just release any dark energy. So any emotion, any stress, any fear, any angst just leaves my body and I become really calm, really still, and I can do that really quickly. Then I forecast a goal or a vision. Now, this is very important. 
When I breathe in and out, I'm bringing myself back to my center point. I'm void of emotion. I am Rudy for the first time without influence, without anything you know, curating how I'm going to think or feel because there's no emotion. I'm completely calm. I'm completely still. And in that moment, I'm my most empowered state. Now I want everybody to hear the word I'm saying and not be triggered by the word. And this is intentional. Once you finish that meditation, I want you to fantasize. If you were going to have a sexual fantasy, you would have a thought in your mind with such vivid imagery that your body would physically alter itself to match that fantasy. I don't want you to have a sexual fantasy. I want you to fantasize about your life, about your day you're going to have, about your future, about your dreams. My goal, Sarah, is to be on stage at 103 years old. I want to be hosting these in-person events 40 weeks a year with 85,000 people in attendance every single week. And I want to be 103 on a stage, jumping up and down, and I want to be rocking it out, creating breakthroughs. And so I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to do that 40 weeks a year in front of 85,000 people, except my body has experienced that. My mind has experienced that. I've just physically never stood on a stage in front of 85,000 people. I mean, I've been on stages with thousands of people, just never 85,000 people. But I know what that end result feels like. And now my brain puts a pin in that emotional state, that exhilaration, that joy, that awe, that, you know, I'm grateful, I'm abundant, I'm just loving everybody. And then I move into my day and I pay gratitude and I have a visualization or a fantasy about my beautiful life, my wife, my kids, my bank account, my lake house that I don't own yet, or my beachfront property that I'm buying, whatever it is that I want to have and be. And my body says, God, it, I know what that feels like. Then I go into my actual day that's coming up. And I think this was this morning for me. I did an hour-long meditation. At the end of it, I imagined this podcast. And then I held the vision at the end of the podcast, you saying, oh my God, that was the best podcast I've ever recorded. Oh my God, I had so many moments. 100%, you're right. (laughs) And so I feel that feeling in the morning and then I send that energy forward. Remember I said to you, we have a mental body, physical body, and an energetic body. So I sent the energy of the end result of all of what I created this morning ahead of me. So when we hit record today, I don't have to think about what to say. I don't have to be nervous or anxious because my mind and my body have been trained like an Olympian. I already know what the end result is going to be. And now I just fall into ease. Now I fall into trust and the right words flow. The right timing comes out the right message hits the right people at the right time. Because what people aren't going to pick up from this, and I want to bring awareness to this, is we need to be in alignment. Our thoughts need to align with our words. Our thoughts need to align with our emotions. Our thoughts need to align with the emotions and with the actions. And all of these need to be aligned. And then we need to update that energy and all of it needs to be the same. I go into businesses and I speak to like salespeople and they're not doing well. And it's because they have a thought that they're not good enough or they can't sell the product or they think the people are too cheap and can't afford it. So something's out of integrity. When they're speaking to people, they look good. They sound good. Everything is so polished, but they're just not selling. I walk in and within seconds can say, oh my God, you don't believe that people can afford this. And they're like, yeah, that's so true. And then when we clear up that incongruence and we bring them into alignment with what the end result is of what they're wanting to achieve, the value in what they're offering, then they, they can't stop selling and they become the best performers. It's because we bring everything into alignment. And my goal is that every morning you bring you and your energy, your thoughts, your feelings, and then your behaviors 
into alignment for the highest and greatest potential of who you came here to be. And I have programs for you to learn it, but I've just given you the whole formula. You could truly take what we've spoken about today and apply this into your life and you will never be the same again. Oh my God. Like I can already feel it. Like, like I said before, that energy, it's moving in my body. It can, it can feel it that 100% lets me know because I know myself and I know my body that when something is true and something is authentic and something is resonating. And can I just like give you credit for sharing some real shit, some actual tools that you charge a, you know, rate that you are worth with this audience. That is so rare as you know, right? Like no one gives a formula and what I know for a fact, what you just said is going to change my life because I know for a fact, I'm going to do it. And I know for a fact, that was what you pinpointed on our call together because I do know the thoughts. I control my thoughts every single day. I'm on my thoughts every single day. I really control my words. Obviously like that one had fallen through the cracks recently, but what was totally out of alignment for me was my energy. And the more that I was struggling against that energy to try and like force it into place, the more out of place I felt. And so it just raised my frustration level. Right. And I was in this space where it felt like everything I was touching was hitting the frustration. And I was just like, but I'm doing all the things. And the piece that I did not know how to control or get into alignment other than just, you know, doing guided meditations, which I'm a huge fan of and have always done. And I'll I'll do, um, you know, chakra alignments and cleanses and those things help. But do I do them every morning? No, I do them on a day when I, you know, feel like I really need them. Um, And so the way that you just described it, I know for a fact is a missing puzzle piece to my acceleration. And I just want to thank you so much for being generous enough to share that with me and share that with everyone on here. And for all of you listening who took this, who said, yes, I'm going to take the challenge. I'm going to do this. Just know I'm going to be doing it every morning too. And my listeners know that a past me, you know, I like the nights. I'm not, you know, mornings aren't my favorite, but I will hundred percent commit to setting my alarm clock 20 minutes earlier to make sure that I have the time so that I can get this one puzzle piece in the alignment that it deserves to be in. So thank you so much for sharing that. And I want to shift gears just a little bit because I said at the beginning of the show that we had talked about how you manifested your wife. And I just, God, I just love the stories. I think it's so beautiful. Um, obviously I believe in manifesting love. I've helped so many clients over, you know, the last decade manifest the love of their life. And I think for people who are out there who are single, it's really hard. And a lot of that is that energetic piece, right? You're doing all the right things, but when the energy is not in alignment, you're sending out a repellent signal versus an attraction signal. And um, can you just, just share with us how you manifested your wife? How did this whole thing come about? Because I just think it's so beautiful. You know, I love that we're touching this at the end today because I think it's really going to solidify the value in doing this work. You know, I created my priming technique out of necessity. I I created it literally to save my life because I was so unhappy. I was so unfulfilled. 
I was never at fear of taking my life or doing something harmful to myself, but I was so unhappy. I wasn't living the life that I could be living. And so I did anything to just feel better, just to create relief, just to not have the pain and the suffering and the anguish. And that was to wake up in the mornings and to meditate and to fantasize about being with this loving, committed, incredible soul. And what was so beautiful about this exercise was I was in a really uh, toxic relationship, long-term relationship. And it was one of those pee or get off the pot stages where you realize, am I still going to be in this relationship? Are we going to get married? Are we going to take it to the next level? Or am I going to, are we out of this? And in that moment, I had to get out of it. And I realized I, I'm worth more and I need to do something better. I, I cannot be in the state, in this relationship. I cannot keep doing what I've always been doing. And I made the painful decision to leave, even though mostly everything said to me it was good. I realized, man, I need to get out of the relationship. And so what I did was I sat down and here's another tool for your audience. I wrote out a list of every quality that I wanted in my partner. Then I took a piece of paper and I wrote down all of the qualities in the person that I had been dating that I didn't like and all the qualities of what I did like. And then I added what I did like to my list. And then I looked at all of the things I didn't like and I created the reverse of them. Because if we're focusing yes, on the negative, yes, we'll yes, find yes. the negative. Yeah, and so the I best way to find the opposite is to look at your don'ts list and be like, okay, what's the opposite? Yeah, I love that. 100%. And so I created two pages of a yellow legal pad of all of the qualities that I wanted in my partner. And then every morning and every night, I would read that list and I would go into a meditative state. Now, I didn't know I was meditating at the time. I didn't know what I was doing, but I would read the list and I would fantasize that I would have this partner with these qualities. And when people hear me say that, they're going to be like, that sounds weird. What I did was I would just read, I'm in a loving, committed relationship with somebody who sees me, values me, and appreciates me. And then I would feel it. What does that feel like in my body? And I would let that feeling go into my body. Then I'd move to the next one. I'd move to the next one. And I read that every single day and every single night before bed when I woke up to charge my day with what I wanted. And then at night, now here's the interesting thing. There was quite a long period in between. It was a year and a half in between where there was no evidence of anything. I was just doing this. But what was so beautiful about that entire experience was every time I met someone in my day and they didn't have one of those qualities, I just eliminated them as a possibility because I was like, well, they're not on my list. Like, yep. and I know it, that's not the one. Yeah, yeah. It became so clear. And now I'm going to share the true value in doing this. I got so good, so good at feeling the qualities of my soulmate, my twin flame, my partner, my wife, that I no longer needed her. And I got so good at the feeling of what it would feel like to be in that relationship that I started to fall in love with just me. I started to fall in love with things that I love to do. And I stopped having that need for someone. And I became really good at just being Rudy. And then at the same time, I was going through immigration because I had some companies in the US. I had three companies in South Africa, all under one umbrella. And I was having the South African company transfer me over to the American company. And that's how I was going to immigrate into America. And at the time, I was about a year and a half into the process of going through immigration. And then I turned around and I said to the immigration officers, I said to my business partners, cancel this. I don't need it anymore. And they're like, what do you mean? We're so close. We're months away. And I was like, I don't need it. I'm going to meet my wife and she's going to be American and I don't need this process anymore. And everyone was like, you're crazy. We've spent so much money on this. We've got to stay with this. And I said, cancel everything. I can feel it. I am going to meet my wife. 
I remember phoning my brother on a Sunday morning and I said to him, Carl, I'm going to meet my wife. And he was like, man, I know that you want a marriage like mine. I know you're excited. It doesn't work that way. You know, don't get your hopes up. It's going to come. The timing's right. You're only 30. You know, you have a lot of time. And I was like, man, like it's happening. I can feel her. And then two weeks later, I went to a company conference and I was standing at a poolside bar at like an opening cocktail event. And as I turned around, there was this lady standing behind me waiting to place an order. And as I turned around, the first thought that went through my mind when I saw her was, oh my God, this is the last woman I'm ever going to flirt with. This ah! is her. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, I just, I love that so much. And, and your wife shared that it was love at first sight with you. So it was, you know, it's just so beautiful, but I love that in that meditation, you turned lack into abundance, you know, the lack of love. Like I don't have love, like came into it with, with that, which a lot of people do. And especially if you're searching for love, literally in the term is I don't have it. And so I have to go find it. I have lack. And through your meditations and through your visualization, you turned lack into abundance. You know, my wife, she does so, uh, like she meditates a tremendous amount, but she brings so many valuable truths into her, her everyday through meditation. And Aniston really like she, she, I'm always in awe of what, you know, comes into her head and she'll come downstairs and she'll say, oh, I was meditating and I had this thought, or I had this book idea, or I had this dream or this thing happened. And, and she just constantly receives them. And one of them was about 10 years ago. She had this image of a hand holding a tight fist in front of her face in meditation and then she was observing the fist and she was thinking, this is so weird. I'm looking at a hand in front of my face, but her eyes were closed. And then the fist opened. And as the fist opened, she realized in life, we are holding so tight on what we want. We believe it can only come one way. And when we just open our hands to the possibility this is where the abundance lies. This is where all the opportunity comes from because we're no longer limiting it in one way. When someone feels like they're not good enough, they feel like they're not good enough because they think the only way they're going to feel fulfilled is if they fall in love or if this person right. gives them something. Whereas if we just open the possibility, what if it can come in a myriad of ways? What if we can fill our own cup? What if, what if, what if? And now you're in possibility and everything that you want lives inside of possibility. Okay. I've just loved this. Thank you so much for pouring in to all of us today. Like this just, it's pivotal. I know that I told you this on our, on our call, you know, there's been probably five or six pivotal conversations I've had throughout my journey that I remember exactly where I was. I remember, you know, like where I was feeling before, what I was feeling after. Uh, and our conversation was, was one of those. And I just, I know that it opened the next level of growth for me. And I pray that everyone listening to this is taking the challenge and is ready to have it open up the next level of success and growth for you. Cause that's why you and I do this. We don't do this to hear ourselves talk. We don't, you know, we do it because we believe so strongly in the results because we're living the results and it's so hard to see people who can live the life that they want if they just knew what to do. And this is such a simple thing. 
doesn't cost you any money to get up 20 minutes earlier and do this. Like, what do you have to lose? So gosh, Rudy, you're the best. Thank you so much for being on today. Where can everybody learn more about you? Where can those CEOs go book you and get you in their company to, to get their energy right? And uh, yeah, where should we follow you? I'm going to encourage everybody because they are listening to your podcast, which tells me that there are podcast aficionados. Go and listen to the Empowered Life podcast a little bit more about some of the techniques and the tools that we bring into life and into business. Um, I want to flip the script of, of something, and that is not what do we have to lose by waking up 20 minutes earlier? It's what do we have to gain? Because oh. everything that we want is already within us. And we just have to create an environment in our mind and in our body where we feel connected to what it is we want to have. And the universe aligns. I shared that story of meeting my wife and the true power in that story wasn't that I turned around at a pool bar and saw her and knew that she was my wife. The true value is that I felt her before she was coming because I got so good at knowing what it would feel like to have her that I all of a sudden tapped into her energy and her presence. And I had awareness to something is happening because I could feel it because I got so clear on it. And there isn't a day that I don't wake up, that I don't thank my lucky stars where I'm not grateful, where I don't stare at her and say to her, oh my gosh, you know, you are just the most incredible person. I just adore you. And I'm so grateful for you because I know what it felt like to not have. And I know what it feels like to be included and to have this incredible relationship and I apply that into every single area of my life. That's, I want to be a speaker on stage, or I want to impact companies, or I want to write a book, or I want a bigger platform, or I want a bigger podcast. And we can do and have and be anything. Every single person listening to this is unlimited. You are unlimited. I would say you are limited, but you're limited to the thoughts of your mind. And if you can just believe in more and connect to more and feel the possibilities of more, you can transform. I've had companies double and triple and create hundreds of millions and go into billions. I've had you know homeless people make a million dollars inside of a year, like people not in love to madly in love traveling around the world with their soulmate and all of this in really short amounts of time because something changed. They changed where they access the information in the brain. They changed the emotional state. They stopped feeling like it was hard and it became really easy. And I know what it looks like to do this work. And so I just want to say thank you for investing in your audience. I want to say thank you for bringing me. You have an incredible podcast, an incredible platform. You have such an unbelievable story. And every single person can take so much value from just hearing the wisdom that comes off you every time you speak because it's grounded in helping support people. But it's also grounded in you've lived it and you're putting it into practice every single day. And you're also coming from a position where you're saying, man, and I'm still learning. And that's what I love so much yeah. about you. You're quick yeah. to say, I'm going to add, I'm going to do. And so from me, I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for seeing me, valuing me, appreciating me, bringing me on your podcast platform. And for anybody who wants to hop over to the Empowered Life podcast, I would love to see you there. I'd love to hear from you of what most resonated in this. But I want to end my little rebuttal by saying, please, 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 right now, give Sarah a five-star review, rate and Aww. review and subscribe to her podcast because people don't realize, you know, giving somebody a rating and a review is such a small thank you for the time that you're investing, the money that you're investing into putting these out. People don't realize it. You know, a podcast is $600 to $1,500 an episode for people to cut and edit and post and put all yeah. the things together and 
We do this because we're wanting to impact people's lives. And if you rate and review, you boost the person's message and the algorithm boosts and they reach more people and then the impact is greater. And so I think every single one of us could go on to Sarah's podcast platform, rate, review, subscribe, share this message with somebody who can benefit from it because she's truly, she's healing the world. And I just, I love it so much. Thank you for your time. Thank you so much, Rudy. And that is exactly what I'm going to do for your podcast. And and I do say this on here every so often, but I, I don't think people understand how important it is to, to provide that feedback. It just, you and I are pour in, we pour our heart and soul in. And so to hear that it touched someone or that made a difference or that they did implement, like it is everything. And yeah, it definitely helps our business. We all live in an algorithm world. And so it's so appreciated. I don't think people understand how much, at least I appreciate it. I don't know that all creators do, but I definitely do. Um, so thank you for that. Uh, and everybody take the challenge. Thanks again, Rudy, for being on. And until next time, get out there and hustle and thrive. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on the Sarah Centrella Show.